get your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. We're going to be looking at New International Version for our text today here in just a few minutes. But I want to talk a few minutes about mind over matters. How crucial is your mind when it comes to your quest to live a godly life? turns out according to the word that it is paramount that that getting your mind over everything else matters what i mean by that is we have to get over all of the distractions and the desires and the derailments of this life has anybody experienced any derailments just this week and you somehow constantly have got to get past those distractions and derailments and carnal desires that so often cause you to get off track and waste time. You have to get and keep your mind right in order to know the mind of God. How many people in this room want to know God's will for your life? Now, a lot of people raised their hands. Some people didn't. Some people didn't because maybe they have done that before in the past. And and in finding out God's will for their life, it wasn't all that much fun. They're like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not raising my hand anymore on the days where we're asking for God's will. And I'm not raising my hand anymore on the days that we're praying for patience. And I'm not raising my hand anymore on the days that we're asking God to make us better and that... Uh, adversity breeds success and all. I'm not raising my hand on those days anymore. It's too difficult. But the truth is, when we get past the immaturity of self, we begin to realize that until we know the will of God for our own individual life, regardless of what that means or what that brings us, Until we know the will of God for our life, we are basically just kind of sitting in one place. When I was a kid, we used to have these things. They were always on TV called the sit and spin. Anybody remember a sit and spin? It's kind of a futile. It doesn't take children that are big enough to sit and spin long enough to figure out how futile that it is. That's why they're sitting. There used to be sit and spins everywhere. You could pick them up real cheap. Kids will sit and spin for a few minutes and say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just getting dizzy. And sometimes that's the way our lives are. Until we know the will of God and begin to function in the will of God, we just sit and spin. We just dizzy. It's not making sense. We're not really getting anywhere. Every intelligent person wants to know the will of God for their life. And today's message is going to instruct us on how to make that happen. Because it won't just happen of its own accord. And it doesn't happen for half-hearted believers. There's a lot of people who profess to be Christians who have no idea what God's will is because they've never gotten their mind right long enough to get to know His mind. Let that sink in. 
And so they struggle and they trip over issues that don't trip up serious followers of Jesus. Some people constantly are tripping over issues and distractions. It, it is disheartening and it is... Um, it's, it causes disillusion for people who have been serving the Lord a long time and have a little bit of understanding to watch other believers who just sit and spin. I'm here today because of crisis in my life. I'm going to come down to an altar and pray. I got it all straight. I'm going to walk back out and I'm going to do this for a couple of days until things look like they're starting to turn around. But before I actually put enough feet together to get out of where I am, I'm going to sit back down and spin. And their life becomes a vicious cycle of that. They never get out of. They can pray. They can cry. They can surrender it to the Lord. They could get up and put a few steps together for a couple of days, but they don't walk in the right direction long enough to get out of a place that they don't like. They just sit and spin. How do you get out of the place that you're at? You got to get your mind right. Mind over matters. You want to be a good dad? You want to be a good husband, you want to be a good son, a good uncle, a good friend. You can if you will operate per the will of God for your life. The Bible tells us that if we can do this, if we can get our minds right, we will be able to test and approve. That means to know what God's beneficial, acceptable, and complete will is for our own life. Now, that seems important to me, that if I'm going to enjoy this life and if I'm going to to walk through the, the various quests of this life and be successful, I really need to know the will of God. I want every one of my steps to be taking me closer to the perfect will of God. I don't want any of them backing me up or any of my own steps causing me what to just what? I want to be moving somewhere. I've got a goal I'm trying to get somewhere. With that having been said, look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2 in the NIV. It says, do not conform. Conform means fashion to the pattern. So let me put this in. Let me read it as, as, it, would, as it makes sense. Do not fashion to the same pattern any longer to the pattern of this world. But be transformed, the word means change. But be changed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve or to know what God's will is. And His will is good and pleasing and perfect. So the key there is this. What we're being taught in that verse is that we cannot follow the pattern of this world, but that we've got to be changed so we'll be different from the pattern of this world. Now, that's tough because we live in this world. The scripture doesn't tell us be transformed so you can be better than the world. It tells us to be transformed so we can be different from the world. 
noticeably different. For what reason? Better isn't good. Better is boastful. Different is good because then people look at you and say, oh, you are actually different from the rest of the pattern of this world. And you seem to be successfully going somewhere. Perhaps I need to try to get on the same pattern you're on. Too many believers, you've heard it over and over and over, too many believers don't live anything different than the world. So the world can't see a difference, so why would they need to be? In fact, there's some people that say, well, I'm better than so-and-so, and he or she claims to be a Christian. You can make those kind of statements if you're gauging up against actions. This isn't about actions. You, you, can, you can make a decision in your heart to change your actions... And you might be able to do that for a little while, but after a while it's going to catch up and you're going to go right back to the sit and spin if you don't change your mind. A lot of people are determining in their heart to change their actions, but they're not getting their mind renewed. And so after a while they go right back to what they were doing. Still with me? We got to get our mind over matters. So now as believers, it's, it's not permissible anymore. It's not feasible anymore to continue in the pattern of this world. How are we going to get our minds over everything else in order to think on what really matters? How do we get our minds over matters? There's at least three ways, uh, according to this verse, that God helps us to do that. The Holy Spirit, you know, He takes over in our life as soon as we... Truly surrender our heart to Jesus. Now, that's the key. A lot of people have emotional responses to the gospel that last a short time. But you are not truly converted. You are not truly a Christian. Christian means Christ-like. You are not truly a Christian until you surrender 100% of your mind, body, soul, everything you are to God. As long as you're holding on to certain aspects of that, guess what? It's still you that is the Lord and Savior of your life. Till you surrender everything, you still Lord and Savior. You make Him Lord and Savior by surrendering everything to Him. And so when you surrender everything to Him, part of that was what? Your mind. I'm going to have to figure out how to get my mind right. And then my actions will follow that. And I'll be able to stick to that course. So let me give you the three ways that that God says through the Holy Spirit. He's going to transform our minds if we let him to. He says, number one, the Holy Spirit will do this by renewing your mind. The word renew, it means to make something new, fresh, or strong again. So that's the first thing that the Holy Spirit says he's going to do when you give him the reins of your heart and your life and your mind. When you surrender 100% to him, the first thing he's going to do is renew your mind. If you're struggling with your mind, maybe you've never surrendered it to Christ. Because if you ever totally 100% surrender your mind to Christ... The first thing he's going to do is renew it. He's going to make it new. He's going to make it fresh. He's going to make it strong again. He's going to clean it out. 
clean it up and make it new. There's a fellow named Henry Erdmans, and I was reading this. He said, if I had a car with an engine that was ready for the grave, I'd have a new engine put in it. And I'd take the car to a mechanic who'd put it in for me. And then when I got the car back, if it ran just as poorly as it did before, I'd begin to wonder if the old really had been replaced or just cleaned up. Some of y'all are way ahead of me, aren't you? We need a new mind. We need one that's been reprogrammed to think vastly different than the one we had before conversion. Can't just have a mental or emotional response to the gospel, but you got to surrender your mind to Christ. When you say, I'd like to have the mind of Christ, then that means you're going to have to let your old mind be surrendered to Christ and die. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm on something right now for you. I'm answering some questions for some of y'all that are like, man, I don't understand. I'm in church every week. I pay my tithes. I, 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 you know, I, I read my Bible and I, I pray and all this here. But I'm still really having a really, really big struggle in my mind. Have you surrendered your mind to Christ? I want the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. When you surrender, you get a new mind and you get a new future. And the second thing that the word says is that he will re-educate your mind. You're going to renew it and make it new, clean it up, make it new. And then, he's, you, and then you're going to be re-educated. Now, 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 stay on this with me for a minute. What we've learned up until the point of 100% surrender to God, we've learned through corrupt eyes. And a corrupt heart. But once you surrender everything to Christ, including your mind, now everything starts running through a different filter. Let that sink in. So, so the things that, that the world perverted are now being seen by you in the way God intended you to view them. They're the, still the same issues. Let me illustrate that for you, and I'm not in any way trying to make anybody feel bad or condemn you, or because everybody in here has made all kinds of mistakes, and we've all done things we've got to repent and be sorry for. But just let me give you, here we are, it's, it's, it's politics season, it's, it's election season, let's deal with an issue that is paramount to everybody how we're going to vote. Pro-life or pro-choice. Let's just think about that for a minute. I'm not trying to judge you or be unkind to you if you've had an abortion or anything like that. Just ride down this road with me for a minute. And I would say to you that before I surrendered my mind to Christ, I just, I'm just being honest, when I was 19 and 20, 21, before I surrendered my mind to Christ, in some settings it made sense to me that there might be fetuses that had been conceived that might not have been conceived in the most positive way, and it might be beneficial to get rid of those. That's called abortion. But after your mind gets taken and you start, you, you surrender your heart and your mind completely to Christ, you begin to think the way that God would think, then you take that same issue and it runs through a new filter. It's called re-education. It runs through a new filter, and this new filter says it doesn't make any difference how this person was conceived, there's still a living human being that Jesus loved and died for. And we can't throw them away. 
Now to the one looking at it from the corrupt nature, this one becomes, begins to look judgmental. But this one isn't being judgmental at all. They're simply trying to protect the sanctity of life the way that God loves life. That's why some people change. And I'm going to tell you something. The people that are on the radical other side of that agenda, they get angry. I'm going to tell you, people that get angry and, and, and they cause all kinds of grief and trouble, even the ones that are pro-life, the ones that are blowing up abortion clinics, they don't have their mind right. They're still operating from a place of hatred. A right mind won't be angry. Hey, we're talking. Let's go ahead. That's why the homosexual agenda right now is so angry and militant. Why? Because it's being filtered through a corrupt nature and a mindset that is judgmental to anybody that is radically different. On the side of those who oppose the homosexual agenda, we're saying we don't hate homosexuals. We love them. We're trying to tell them the truth. But they're not hearing that because of the anger that is in their heart because they are coming at that from a corrupt mind. A mind that has been renewed has now been re-educated and has a new filter which these, these things rush through, these issues go through, and all of a sudden we're thinking differently than we used to. He says that he will re-educate your mind. So I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm trying to make you mad, but if you're mad right now, guess what? You need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And let your mind get over matters. And let your mind start thinking about things the way that you should. And about the things that you should. Hmm. And thirdly, he said he would redirect your mind. It means that your focus changes. What do I mean by that? Things that you used to dwell on don't matter like they used to. I'm going to tell you something. This is, this is a difficult message for an unbeliever to receive because it makes you angry. Why does it make you angry? Because until you have sold out completely and surrendered to Christ Jesus, your mind, your body, and your spirit, you are still in this life for yourself. But when you completely surrender, you begin to think differently. And it's hard to offend a dead man. And once you have died to yourself, it's going to be very difficult for people. You know, one of the biggest problems that people have today, and they're all the time fighting about, he or she disrespected me. I can't have nobody disrespecting me. I had to bow up because they disrespected me. They disrespected you because you didn't have your mind right. You were still living to yourself. It still mattered what you thought. But when you die to yourself, all of a sudden, it doesn't make any difference anymore because I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not Christ that liveth in me, but I've been crucified. The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who 
gave himself for me. He died and gave himself for me. I don't think with the old mind that I used to think with. I'm telling you, when I was a young man, I used to get in a lot of trouble because I was all the time worried about somebody said this, somebody said that, and I'm going to drive around all the time, look for somebody with a bad look on their face, somebody run me off the road, I'm running them off the road. Huh? Didn't you do that? I'm telling you, every once in a while, that old corrupt mind still sneaks in there. I have to battle that sometimes. There have been times I've had my children with me when they were young, and I have to say, now listen, that what daddy just did, don't tell mama. Mama don't want to know that, see. That's not what Jesus would do. Mama don't need to know. And I was wrong for that. I was wrong for that. Now, if you children weren't with me, I would probably do it again. But I was wrong for that. I fight that battle just like you do. I don't like, I don't like people running me off the road. I don't like people. I'm going to tell you something. The very, the thing that I'd rather have, you know, I'm, I'm just being honest. I'd rather have somebody walk up, be man enough to walk up and hit me in the mouth with their fist than flip me off. Because flipping me off is the most cowardly thing a person can do. Because they always do it in a car when they're fleeting away. Do that right here. And I'll break those fingers off. And you'll wear them in a place that they were never intended. Now that's that old mind that says, Don't disrespect me. Slap me, hit me, I can respect that. I need to have my mind redirected sometimes. I got to get my focus different. Things that used to offend us or hurt our feelings or make us jealous or make us angry and think we need to seek revenge. Now we just need to move on through those things through prayer and the word. And when you get to the place you can do that, you back up and you say, what happened? What happened? When you truly die out to your flesh and you allow your mind to be transformed, you'll stop needing your own way. You stop demanding your rights and you stop fretting about getting your feelings hurt. Why? Because you start thinking about what really matters and that is the will of God. And when you get your mind right, you, you think differently when, when people try to offend you or people try to hurt you. You don't think the same way anymore. Instead, you go to a different place because your mind has been redirected. You go to a place that says, hey, God's got me. He's got me. He says I'm special. He says I'm important. He's my reward. He's my defender. He's my father. He's my encourager. I don't need the affirmation of this world. I don't need the accolades of this world. I just need Jesus. As long as I can feel his presence and as long as I can sense his love, just take this whole world, but give me Jesus. You've heard that song. You've heard people make a statement. It was so foreign to you. You're like, how in the world going to somebody say, just take this whole world and give me Jesus? I don't want somebody to take this whole world. I want this whole world. Well, then your mind is wrong. When you get your mind right, you say, take this whole world. Just give me Jesus. That's all I'm going to need. My mind's been transformed to think in the terms 
of God's instead of the enemy's. Transforming refocuses your mind. Let me illustrate this. And then we'll conclude. Have you heard the story about the very successful lawyer that got a new Mercedes? Maybe you have. He was so happy. He was so thrilled. So proud of that new car. Big time car. Lots of money. Man, I mean, he drove that car up to the front of the law firm and he got out, parked it right in front because he wanted everybody in the office to see it. He was on his way in to get them, bring them out to show them, let them walk around, ooh and all. He opens up his door to get out and a truck drive by and takes his door right off at the hinges. And he was mad. He's screaming, he's cussing, he's crying. He's got his cell phone out. He dials up the police. The policeman gets there. This guy's just hysterical. Look what they did to my car. I can take it to a body shop, but it'll never be right again. La, 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 on and on and on, right? And the officer's just standing there waiting for him to mellow out until finally he stops long enough for the officer to say, you know, I don't understand guys like you. He said, I just don't get it. And the man says, how could you say that to me? Look at my car. He said, the reason I say it to you is I'm not just looking at your car. He said, sir, you've been standing here crying and screaming and cussing over your door. Ain't even realized that your arm's been ripped off. It's gone. And the guy looks down and he says, my Rolex, my Rolex is gone. And that's how you think until you get your mind right. Mine, mine, mine. That was mine. You want to see a good illustration of it? Go in there with all them little ones that we just do- dedicated a minute ago that I told you aren't saved yet. They haven't come to an age of accountability yet. They're in there saying right now, mine. Mine. That's the world they know. That's the world we grow up in. And I'm going to tell you something. Until we surrender our complete will and mind to Christ, we will go through our life, regardless of how old we are, protecting mine, keeping mine. And then the reason that messages like Brian shared with us a little bit ago about giving, the reason some people get mad about that is because they still live in a world of mine, mine, mine. I worked hard. I got a paycheck. I got money. It's mine. But when you die to yourself and you die to your mind and you receive the mind of Christ, he will redirect your mind and you'll think differently. Only the Holy Spirit can do it. He's the only one that can transform our minds to think the way God wants us to. But if you'll let him, he'll do it just according to that verse. That's all, just that one verse. That's all we hit this morning. But that's all we need to know. If, if we would surrender our mind to Christ, he will let us think about the things that matter. Really things that matter. And he will do that by renewing, by reeducating, and by redirecting the way we think. Until that happens, a lot of the rest of this is just going to be church to you. And you're going to be frustrated and you're going to struggle with church. You're going to struggle with religion. Until you get your mind right, this doesn't make sense. It's foolishness. That's what the Word said. But as soon as you allow the Spirit 
to transform or to change your mind, all of a sudden a light comes on and you start thinking differently than you ever did before. And that's what needs to happen for a lot of us probably in this room today. People that have prayed a sinner's prayer, they've been in church a lot, they know a lot of the stories. But if you've never asked God to fully take your life, your mind, your body, and your soul, if you've never done that, then you're still struggling. You may be trying to quit doing bad things, but you're still struggling because your mind has not been surrendered. It's not been transformed. It's not been renewed. It's not been reeducated, and it's not been redirected. But today, the Holy Spirit cares enough about you to remind you of that and to give you an opportunity to receive that word and to begin building upon a new foundation. So with that, I want everybody in the room just to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. And I'm just gonna, I want to ask you a question. We're not looking around, but how many of you in this room would lift your hand right now and say, man, this word is for me. I got to get my mind right. I need to get my mind. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe that's why I'm struggling. I've got to figure out, get my mind right. Come on, lift them up. Don't have too much pride. Pride is part of this whole thing. I got to get my mind right. All right, you can put them down. Why did I make you do that? Not so I could see it. In fact, I, I didn't even see all the hands that were lifted. I wasn't doing that for my sake. I wasn't even doing it for God's. He already knew that you needed to or that you did lift your hand. I did that for you just so you could acknowledge and faith the word and say, I'm taking action already. I'm taking action. Some of you may need to do that in the form of you've never surrendered your life to Christ. You've never become a Christian. You've never never fully prayed a prayer in minutes you may have prayed a prayer because everybody else was praying one but maybe you never really prayed a prayer that you meant that said God I really am sorry I'm deeply convicted of my sin and I want to be changed I don't want to be like this anymore Lord would you save me from myself would you save me from my sin would you save me from a, a bad future Would you be my Lord and Savior? I surrender 100% of who I am to you today and ask you to take over. If you've never done that, then that's the very first thing you need to do. Before I go any further, I want to give you an opportunity and ask you, if there's anyone here that would say, today is the day I want to... I want to give my heart to Christ. I want to surrender myself to God and receive Him as my Lord and my Savior. If you want to do that, then I want you to stand to your feet. Man, it's tough. It's tough. But I want you to stand to your feet. I want to do this today, Pastor. I want to give my heart to Jesus. How many people would stand to their feet and say, This is the day I am ready this day to completely surrender everything that I am, everything that I know, everything that I think. I'm ready to surrender. Come on, there's several that need to do this. But don't if you're not ready. I won't coerce you not going to try to manipulate you. Tammy, Tammy Hill, would you come down here for a minute? Heather, would you come down? I I, I just want y'all to be standing down here because 
I want you to be ready to pray with someone that's about to have the courage to step out and come to this altar. It's difficult to make a decision to do that. But if that's you and you say, I'm ready today, then here's somebody right here waiting on you. Come on. Don't wait any longer. Come on right now. They're going to pray with you. Come on down. Come on down. They're going to pray with you. It takes great courage. A lot of us have done this before, haven't we? We know what we know what it takes. These musicians are going to lead us in a final song, and that that our service isn't over yet. But the last thing we're going to do today will be this song. But I want to ask if our prayer team would come down and join us and just stand around the front here. Try not to hinder these or distract these that are praying right here, but just just come and gather around. And while we are singing this last song, if you need prayer, I want you to come and let them pray for you. But also, if you're that person that says, I want to respond to the word today. I really don't want anybody to pray with me. I just want to personally get on my knees and I just want to pray. I just want to seek God. I just want to make things just make sure that things are right between me and the Lord. Then as we are in this song, I want you to know the altars are open. You come down and you pray, kneel and pray anywhere you want, or you come and let these pray for you. But this will be our final song. And when this song is over, then we'll be dismissing you. God bless you. Respond, respond to the Holy Spirit right now. Respond to the Lord. Respond to the word right now.